This is the 437th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC, and we're going to title this episode Falcons Brace. For a battle with the Buccaneers. The Falcons are 6-6 six and six and in first place in the NFC South. The Bucs, who've won the last three NFC South titles, will come to town with a 5-7 and seven record and a chip on their shoulders. They're not ready to give up their throne. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to get it moving, try to get you ready for this game on Sunday against the Bucks. Uh, a couple big issues for the Falcons. Arthur Smith discusses the injuries to starters, A.J. Terrell, Nate Landman, and Caleb McGarry. A.J. will be in the protocol. We'll just have to see how the week goes. Um, and then McGarry and uh, Caleb McGarry and Nate Landman, uh, you know, we'll just have to see. You know, they thankfully it wasn't anything that's uh, long term or in their season, and you don't want to put time on it. But you know, it could maybe this week, a week from now. You know, it's what's up to see. I think you know Wednesday, Thursday will tell us a lot. You know, so as you're looking, maybe a couple weeks or one week. You know, you just have to see. All right, um, AJ's in the concussion protocol. They have no control over that. Nate Lemon, uh left knee, Kayla McGarry, right knee. And, um, you know, I uh, was just going over the injuries today. Mac Hollins hasn't played since Minnesota. That's three games, so it must be a high ankle sprain. He tried to go last week and then couldn't. So, you know, that's usually a four- to six-week deal. So they kept him on the roster, though. But, uh, yeah, that's another injury, you know, to keep an eye on this week. And uh, here's Arthur Smith on how they can be more consistent on the offensive side of the football. We've had several big yardage games. I mean, this one probably felt more like Carolina week one. If I had to say offensively where it did, it felt sluggish. And, uh, you know, as the game goes on, like I said yesterday, I mean, our intent is to always try to score every time you have it, score touchdowns. And uh, if you're not doing that consistently, the other side has to say there's other things you can do better. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, you know, why haven't we had one of those games where it's like everything? It's not like the passing game got going. Well, then we turned the ball over, or the running game's really going. And then you know, you know, I, 
that part I get. Is that that assume what you're asking? Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah. Where it's like a, it's just yeah, it'd be like one thing if we had you know where we at now um, you know 12 games where it's been nothing but 130 yards. Uh, I get it. Yeah, we're striving for more. Um, I won't go too much because it'll just sound like excuses. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we got to continue continue to to work and and get that because that's what we're all, we're shooting for. Yeah, we'll we'll address that in the tail of the tape. The 130, uh, nothing but is the rushing numbers. The passing numbers have not escalated uh, into um, top half of the league type numbers, but they're gonna need to hit some down the stretch here. We'll we'll wrap that up when we get to the tail of the tape. Falcons versus Bucks stats. Here is Arthur Smith on if things feel different at six and six after snapping the three-game losing streak. Well, I think it. It's a testament because you're going to hit adversity in some season. Like you know, even if you see it throughout, I mean, there's some really great teams that hit a three-game skid. Now they have a better record and whatever. But uh, the NFL season, it's never. I mean, I mean, there's you know, you go back to that. Very rarely has anybody ever had a perfect regular season, um, and everybody strives for it. But I think what you're seeing is you're going to hit adversity. If you don't have the right people, they can go sideways in a hurry. But I would say those. And it's a credit to those guys and the staff uh, all the way around the consistency in the building. No matter what's going on around you, is knowing that the perspective and okay, like we gotta continue to improve. And that's still gonna be our mindset. Now we're not we're not doing victory laps. All right, that's coach here, and um, gonna get on to Tampa Bay. The Falcons won that first meeting, sixteen to thirteen down there. Should have been a blowout, but they had too many red zone turnovers, three to be exact. And uh, they needed a 51-yard field goal from Young Way Koo at the buzzer to pull it out. Here is Arthur Smith on how different Tampa Bay might look since that last meeting on October the 22nd. I don't know if it's like, you know, they'll look at the same way. It's not like you're going to have a wholesale schematic change, but they're, you know, they have different pressure practices they didn't use last time. We'll have different things that we didn't use, but, you know, the personnel pretty well, and they do a great job with their rush plans. You know, some people call pressures or call them, but what I always have an appreciation why I've always been got so much respect for Todd Bowles and a lot of great coaches in the league. But I do appreciate you, you could see what they try to do week in and week out, and there's a lot of them. And when you, you study each other so much, um, they got some really good stuff. And, and you know, like I said, they've had to plug and play guys in, and, and they, uh, they're a physical team. And as I said, it's a good challenge, and we're excited. All right, it's talking about Tampa Bay's blitz packages and how they're going to probably show them something, you know, different here in this matchup. Now, let's, uh, you know, one of the, you know, uh, those injuries that uh, Coach talked about in the first segment there, A.J. Terrell can't control that one. Clark Phillips the third went in there and played uh, uh, a lot of the snaps, the rookie from Utah, fourth-round pick. And then Nate Landman, Andre Smith went in for him. And then Storm Norton went in for Caleb McGarry. So, you know, Coach said one or two weeks, he's probably underselling the knees. Um, you know, like they undersold uh, Mac Hollins. He's been out a month now. So, you know, they don't they want to try to make the other team prepare for other players is what's going on there when the coach is uh, minimally reporting his injuries. So just in case Caleb can't go, Storm Norton will get the start. And so we caught up with him in the locker room on Monday. And uh, here's what Storm had to say 
uh, about a couple different, uh, you know, about getting in the game. Some things on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I thought it went uh, went okay for the most part. Um, obviously, it's a process of jumping right in there, especially mm-hmm. on a third down. But kind of got settled in after that and do what we had to do to win. Mm-hmm. And uh, what if uh, you have to, uh, you know, get ready for start next week? with uh, just going to practice and seeing what's going to happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, just got to come in here every day. I mean, I, I, I kind of carry that mentality anyways, kind of preparing like you're the starter uh, for reasons like this, you know, jumping in. It could be first quarter, could be a fourth quarter. Um, I know everybody's kind of relying, relying on me and we shouldn't be able to skip what about uh, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, playing a division opponent here again? Uh, been, uh, well, I guess they've been two and four since the last meeting. Uh, I mean, I think they know the the, the stakes coming into this week. Uh, it's a big game for both of us, especially this time of year, uh, getting towards the middle of December and, and all that. You know, these these games mean everything. Um, and it's a good position to be in, to be in meaningful games. So, you know, you know, we're excited to get out there and, you know, kind of keep this, keep this streak going. How um, tough was it playing in the rain up there uh, on Sunday? Oh, it wasn't too bad. I kind of, I was inside, but I kind of enjoyed it. Once you, once you kind of get going, uh, you don't even really notice it's there. So, yeah, it was, it was totally fine. And uh, it had a, the run game got that was tough sledding out there. It's easy to see that. What are y'all gotta do to get it cranked back up against uh, Tampa? That's got a pretty stout run defense. Also. Yeah, just gotta just gotta get back to work and uh, get a new plan and you know kind of attack it throughout the week and you know just keep that emphasis as, and uh, making the run game a priority and it'll it'll eventually open up for us. Storm did a good job out there and uh, he might have to be out there against the Bucks on Sunday. We're gonna take a break right now. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal Constitution presents. Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip hop. All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast previewing the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we move on, I want to share a special offer for you from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, you can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage, politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, and so much more on AJC.com. Plus, you'll get access to our e-paper and our assortment of newsletters. So join our community by going to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash 
podcast so you always know what's really going on all right we're gonna move on here to some notes then our tail of the tape and then uh nfc south look around and uh, a couple more notes to close it out here on the bowtie chronicles podcast the first notice who's got mike evans the fine Tampa Bay wide receiver had seven catches for 162 and a touchdown in the Bucks 21-18 win over the Panthers. He became the first wide receiver in NFL history to eclipse the 1,000-yard mark in each of his first 10 seasons. Jerry Rice, the league's all-time receiving leader, uh, yards receiving leader, uh, has 22,895 yards. He uh, did that 11 years from 1986 to 1966 and had a total of 14 1,000-yard seasons. He didn't do it in his first 10 years because as a rookie, he started four of 16 games and had 927 yards back in 1985. In the last game, Evans caught six of eight targets for 82 yards and a touchdown Caught a 40-yard touchdown in the game over A.J. Terrell. So I would imagine that, you know, Mike Hughes missed the last game with a hand injury. If Terrell can't get back, they'll probably move Akuda over to Evans in man-to-man situations. And then if they go with Clark Phillips, let the rookie, you know, get an education on the the field there, I'm sure they'll keep a safety over the top of them. But uh, that would be an option also. And then – Trey Flowers is also an option uh, if they have to go deep into the bench. He started some games early this season. And in that last meeting, uh, that was the game where Desmond Ritter had the red zone turnovers and um, got hit at the one by Anton Winfield. And uh, that resulted in the touchback. Uh, Andre Smith stepped in for Landman after he sustained his knee injury. And Arthur Smith said he had a really good day on special teams, and then he had to go in there and play linebacker. They tried to isolate him on one play. We rallied to the tackle. That's the NFL, and they played really solid football. And then he played really solid football. Got the fumble. Yeah, he did a good job, said Arthur Smith. Bradley Pinion was named uh, the Falcons' Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, they'll announce the uh, league-wide winner at the Super Bowl. That uh, recognizes him for his community service. And for Tampa, North Clayton's Yaya Diabe, he is coming on. He started the last two games. He went to North Clayton High and Georgia Military College for going to play 33 games at Louisville. And the uh, he's uh, got he had six sacks, six tackles against the Panthers last week, and he has five sacks on the season. Of course, their defense is led by Anton Winfield, who has 86 tackles, two interceptions, and five quarterback hits. Levante, David Groin, and Devin White had a foot injury, and they didn't play against the Panthers. All right, let's move on to the tail of the tape here for this game. Surprisingly, the Bucks or uh, their defense number yardage is, is pretty bad. They're 27. They're giving up 356.9. And um, but it's lopsided. It's passing yard. It's 257.9. It's 29th. And then they're giving up 99 uh, yards rushing, uh, which is 10th. 
in uh oh, 20.4 points, which is 10th also. So um, they let you score. They let you move the ball through the air, but don't let you score. I don't know. This might be one of the deals where, you know, teams don't have to run because they can hit passes because they're 29th in pass uh, defense. So that makes the rushing numbers look good. Uh, we'll see. But I, I think they got a stout front. Uh, but the linebackers being down certainly hurt. Certainly has a, you know, um, certainly is a big factor, David uh, and uh, White. So the uh, offense, you know, first year without Tom Brady, they are 22nd overall, 305.6 yards a game, 220.4 in, in passing. That's 18th. And, they're, and they can't run the ball. 85.2, they're 30th in run. So, um, you know, Baker Mayfield's back there throwing it around a little bit. 19.4 points a game, 22nd. So they're in the bottom half of the league on all the offensive uh, categories except for, well, no, everything. Yeah, 18 is their highest. So, yeah, this is a, a bottom half of the league offense. Time possessions, 28.5. Uh, now the Falcons have the advantage because they're top six in run rushing, 135.2. But they're in the bottom half of the league and everything else. So, Run the ball. You got to run the ball against the top 10 defense, top 10 run defense. So that's the advantage for the Falcons is their rushing attack against the Bucks' run defense. Now the Falcons' defense is, uh, you know, moving on up. Uh, points allowed after holding the Jets to eight. They moved up from 18th to 7th. So they're top 10 and they're in the top half of the league and everything. It's 10th overall in uh, yards. And this is after not letting anybody score for two weeks against the Saints. 90 score touchdowns. Saints and then um, uh, eight points to the Jets, who were, woo, that was a bad game to watch. The state of quarterbacking in the NFL, we need a whole expose on that. But, I mean, all the guys retired, and, you know, nobody bothered to develop any backup quarterbacks. Looked like Green Bay did the best job. Jordan Love has come along uh, up there. And uh, the Falcons still have a developmental project in Desmond Ritter but defensively top 10 in yards 10th overall passing 208.1 that's 11 and rushing yards 107.8 that's 15th and then the points like I said they went from 18th to 7th uh, at 20 points a game turnovers the Falcons uh, moved up a little bit they're now minus three after going 3-0 last week in the turnovers they're down to minus six which is 20th now, the Bucks, how they're able to stay in games is they turn the people over. They've got 18 turnovers, 10 interceptions, 8 fumble recovers. They are a plus 5, which is 6 in the league. So, um, they give up yards, but they create turnovers. You know, that's their winning formula. Baker throw it around and don't um, get it intercepted. So, you know, their weapons, is Mike Evans is their weapon. That's their offense. Chris Godwin is pretty good underneath. Uh, and uh, Rashad White, the running back, just hasn't uh, done much this year. So the numbers tell us, hey, the Falcons got to run the ball against the Bucks, not turn it over. They should be able to get out of there with a win. Defense got to shut down. You got the uh, 11th-ranked pass defense going against the 18th-ranked uh, pass offense. That's their best thing. So, uh, But the Falcons are hurting that corner. 
AJ Terrell, concussion protocol. Jeff Acuna has a uh, undisclosed injury uh, that happened near late in the game. Coach will have to put that on the injury report on Wednesday uh, if he's still hurt. So uh, we'll be looking at that closely because if the Falcons secondary is down to the backups, then you know what kind of um, defense they got to play. They'll be playing cover two and uh, with both of the safeties back and um, trying to just keep the ball in front of them. But if uh, the guys are healthy, then they can attack Baker and, and go after and play some man. And now one of the other big things they've been doing in the secondary is uh, playing a big nickel package. That's when they uh, put Hallams and Jesse Bates back deep and they put Richie Grant in the slot. Let him play some nickel like his rookie year when he played some nickel. You know, they got D. Alford starting at nickel. Clark Phillips is playing some nickel. Mike Hughes is playing some nickel, too. So they have some versatility to mix and match. I would think you want a D. Alford against Godwin in this game. Richie on Godwin, I don't think you want that one. So the NFC South, the Falcons are in first place at 6-6. Six and six. Tampa Bay and New Orleans are at 5-7. and seven. Tampa Bay is ahead of them because they're 2-1 and one in the division. And Carolina is 1-11, 0-3 in the division. And so um, the Falcons, of course, play the Bucks, and the Panthers are at Carolina. It's NFC South play each other week. So Carolina at the Saints at 1 o'clock. And, you know, we look at the point differentials. And the Falcons are minus 14. Tampa Bay is a minus 12. The Saints are a plus 2. And then uh, Carolina, they're struggling up there, uh, minus 122, minus 122. So they're not in games. They're not, you know, they're they're not uh, competing. They fired the coach already. Uh, that rebuild is uh, ongoing. Okay, and then the Falcons are also 14th and third down and 21st in red zone. So, you know, they're doing a little better on third down. So a lot of work been the case this year. A lot of work uh, on needed on the offensive side of the ball. We knew the passing attack that was the that should have been the offseason project. And if they did do, you know, they're twenty. That's they're, they're just right dead in the water, just where they were with Mariota and Ritter last year, right in the t- low twenties. They're at twenty two. So you got to make a jump up in that passing down the stretch here. Uh, if you you know really going to the playoffs and trying to win a playoff game. So Tampa Bay, they are two and four since the last meeting. They after the Falcons beat them, they went to Buffalo and lost twenty four to eighteen. Went to Houston and lost thirty nine thirty seven in a thriller. They did something the Falcons couldn't do. They beat Tennessee twenty to six, and uh, they lost to San Francisco twenty seven to fourteen. No shame there. And then they lost to Indy, 27-20, to to the Colts. Now, the Colts and Falcons will be coming up here. That'll be a pivotal game here in a couple weeks. And then they won last week, 21-18 to over Carolina. 21-18 over Carolina. Series record, this will be the 61st meeting. The series tied 30-30. The Falcons have won the last two meetings. Before that, Tampa Bay had won five in a row. All right. Baker Mayfield in that game last week, he was 14 of 29 for 202. But uh, he leaned on Mike Evans there and 
Got the ball to him seven times for that 162. And just closing out here, the uh, Bucks or have won the last three NFC South titles, and they're trying to go for four. This will be a big game for them. And then, you know, just again, the last meeting was 16-13 in week seven on October 22nd. A lot has happened since then for both teams, but now you're in pretty much the stretch run of the season with five games to play. Uh, the Falcons are up by one game in the NFC South, and if you're going to close strong, uh, they're going to need to start, you know, doing a little bit better on offense and keep that defense uh, holding their own and uh, keeping folks out of the end zone. So with that, we're going to get on out of here and get ready for the game on Sunday between the Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Take care and have a great rest of your week. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh,